0: Welcome everyone to the newest episode of A Yid. I have Rev. Yona Dorfman Shlita uh, with me, who I have the privilege of calling uh, my Rebbe. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to come. You have a course. crazy schedule.
1: Yeah, well, I got to be here for this.
0: <laughs> and I, I know the car blew up, so uh, the car did blow up. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad we're glad you're here. So you're a Rebbe in a yeshiva, and a rosh kollel. I hear, and a posik oh I and, answer uh, questions here and there okay that that I think that counts as a POSIC <laughs> um and that's that's a lot for for one person and so uh, I think it's a good opportunity to understand like how does someone uh get to that get to that place um sure I'd be more than happy to talk about it but as
1: I said before I did want to just say one quick yeah. thing which is I love I don't know where it came from I think you spoke about t Litsari. I listened to the episode with josh because josh asked me and i loved it by the way but i wish i had time to listen to everything but the image for this podcast i think you have like a jew with pay and a rocket ship i love that i don't know how much that went into that probably a lot loving you but it's like the perfect image not only for your podcast but i think for like the whole jewish journey i mean every yid is like an amazing person and you're on a crazy ride you're not on a fast car you're not on a fast train you're on a rocket ship to space i mean that's what it is you're going to the moon right and it's all within the yid, whether he wants to frown or smile so right. i just i really love that picture
0: thank you i, I uh I, I drew that on like with my finger on my phone well, um, you're
1: <laughs> so lucky that you did that and not me because i can't draw a circle for me <laughs> it
0: was it was a square and a circle it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't so crazy uh, yeah. It's actually uh, from Moshe Weinberger. He he, oh, okay. he gave that imagery. So beautiful. Um, but you know, each person takes it uh, mm-hmm. whatever they whatever they want. Shav
1: and the Torah.
0: Exactly. So let's let's talk a little bit about Torah. Sure. Um, and and how uh, how we can live a life of Torah. So first of all, what was happening in your life when you were growing up, and who had the greatest impact on you, besides for your parents, though?
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I mean. Growing up, I think everyone has their, like we just said a second ago, a specific journey. So I think I was always like very like Ruchni aware, but not necessarily like crazy Haredi. I grew up left-wing yeshivish, which is like kind of Chafetz Chaimi. So like, you know, I, 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 uh, I went to Yeshiva and, you know, the whole nine yards and I didn't even know like, a co-ed camp existed until I was wow. well into my late 20s. Okay, wh- which, you know, th- th- meaning I, I wasn't really aware, you know what I'm saying? So, but on the other hand, like, I was I was by no stretch of the imagination, like, in Panovich. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I knew what everything was, and, you know, I was I was a regular kid. But um, there were a few choices in my life, and a few things in my life, like, when I string them together, like, showed me that, you know my heart was going after something and I think that, that I I drew on that to, to choose my life direction later on. But for example, so apparently when I was three, I just left the house with the flashlight and my mother was looking all over for me and she found me outside with a flashlight, like when it's getting dark, and she's like, What are you doing? And I told her apparently very instantly, Oh I'm looking for a I mean, he's yeah. here somewhere, you know, so I'm not, sh- it's, I'm not saying that I'll peak like godless. I don't, I'm not sure it was, but it was just like, I was sensitive to it. And like it bothered me. I was just a very spiritual person. And like I made a bunch of shifts. Like, you know, I made the decision on my own to go to Yeshiva, like, and my, my parents are pretty open, I think with the, with the choices that we're going to make, you know. Um, and, and, you know, I went to, I went to Yeshiva here in Ertz Yisrael when I was 16 and um just from there like there are all these events that I just felt were only taking me in one direction. As much as like secularly I was trying to plan one way, career wise I was gonna get a PhD, maybe two, like I was really, really in it like like intellectually, but my heart kept kept shifting me more towards right. towards the borough and that's how that happened in a nutshell. Although really like the, the 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 linchpin was um I was in university and I was taking a class called The Psychology of Religion. And there was a Gemara there about Acher. Mm-hmm. So it's Gemara in Chagiga, Daf, Yada'l, Daf, Tesvav.
0: Elisha. My, ben that's name. It's a beautiful <laughs>
1: name. Um, I have a weird story about that, but that's for maybe a different time. But in any event, um, so I I was like, I'd never heard of this Gemara before. And there's a parak in Elvastor Ibn that's devoted to Alicia ibn Avuya. All of his memories. So like, he's a very, very Khashiv character. He's the Rabbi Rebbeir. And I couldn't get around the fact that you mean like one of the ten, I'm on the level of Rabbi Akiva and Benzoma and Banaza I went at the parties like fell for of that and drove me mad. So the professor, who was a real from Tzaddik, he's um um Dr. Adler. That's not he was a real, real Tzaddik. So he said, okay, so learn the Gemara like don't just like learn from the lines. Of the Gemara like read the whole thing. I was like, okay, well I better do the Parak right. Well, I better do the Parak before so I get more context. I better do the after. I better add more Rishonim. I better do the me and then. That that I'm still on that, meaning I haven't finished, in other words, like wow. I kind of ran and I'm still running, so I have a lot them
0: right, and if I could just uh who had the biggest impact so just if uh, maybe it was I don't know.
1: no, for sure, I think that in terms of pulling the pin in the grenade, it was act- actually dr Adler, and i don't think i'm not sure what would have i really don't know what would have happened to me um if it if it wasn't if it wasn't for that um yeah in ter- like like religiously, but in terms of like Clarkite and in, in Yidden, so there's a rev by the name of revivieron Weisberg Erachlo and and he is just like a go no one when it comes to psychology, and with that sensitivity to not only seeing people's predilections, whether they're aware of it or not, but also the godless of the terror and how that speaks to us psychologically and and spiritually he that that was a real big charge um and then there was Rav Miller that taught me what real tzitzis was, and then I got from Rav Sheshi So in other words, I'm, Vigd- I'm
0: was that a Rav Vingdima? No,
1: uh, no, Rav Dovid Miller, um, um, uh, who was one of the rosh kol or the Roshikol in Gross. That that really changed my life because I had a fantastic. I did something. I'm very very happy that I did, which was um, he's a real real tzaddik, Rav Miller. I mean, like it's it, it's t- to me I get nervous being around him, and there's few people that make me. Nervous like that. And I begged him the second I came to Kaila there, I want you to give me Musar. And she just laying to me. And he asked me if I was sure. And he looked at me like no one asked him that question before being in the for 35 years. And, but, you know, I said, yeah. And he ripped into me. He just ripped into me. Like, and that was so instrumental. Since it came from a real person, that I thought would have had a crazy Karsh Baruch. Like, he no. was the sort of person that even in Psaac, like, if I didn't agree with something he said, I felt really nervous going against him. But not just because of the fact that he was so much more learned than I, but, like, he was a real tzaddik.
0: Right. You know. in, ter- in terms of the Musr, do you try to use that in yeshiva with your Talmudim?
1: Like, the the ripping into the Talmudim approach? Or what do you mean?
0: I'm saying, does that... Does that, does that... That uh, Darachim Musser they learned from or Miller, does that, does that come out? Mm, very rarely. I think...
1: You know, chanoch l'nar al pidarko. I think that my mahalach, and I think I heard this in the name of a fisher, my mahalach in chanoch is that there is no mahalach, meaning every person is an olam, like really. So they all deserve a very special touch. So
0: On their own rocket ship.
1: On their own rocket ship. That's exactly right. So for some people, you know, I'm joking 90%, 10% the most is in there, and we both know the most is in there, but I'm making a joke. You know, and maybe I have to say that same joke 10 times So you know. Or, or you know, it's it's rare that I've I've taken someone and just been like, listen, you are completely out of line. Like, Riff Miller would give me musser, he'd be, be pulling, and he was such a goon. I mean, with this musser, like he would wait three weeks after I made the mistake to give me that musser. Three weeks, and and he'd sit me down and be like, I just want you know, I'll give you one example. Just, just you know, I was by his house for Shabbos with my and and uh, my son, and. I there was a stickle Torah that I really wanted to say over, and but like I wasn't sure if I should say it because because in there had a question about the Rishka'il and I wasn't sure if I should ask it. So I prefaced it by saying I'm not sure I should ask this question, but and then I asked it. So He asked me three weeks or a month later. He says, "If you weren't sure that you should ask the question, so why, why, why did you ask it? What were you thinking?" And that was amazing, because it taught. I mean, I I hear the voice until now. And it's been like seven. It's like eight, eight, nine years later because. It made me sensitive to if i'm not sure about something, especially when like i mean really it's for all decisions, but especially in real decisions when like it could be not a someone's covered it happened to be then i I made the okay choice, but it was I just got lucky right. you know like you need to be very conscious of that stuff, so that that stayed with me forever. Okay, yeah. So right. I, I basically cheated your question. There's like for one person. I didn't really like, give you, you know, Varsha Weiss is a gomb, you know, the aloha. But if I had to boil it down to one person, it'd be Dr. Adler. I mean, that he I, I changed my life.
0: Wow, oh, amazing. So Rev. Adler, I'm going to spill the beans here. You went to YU. Yes, it's true. Not just university. It was Yeshiva University. And so you mentioned how there was like a intellectually you're going one way and the heart was taking you another way. Mm-hmm. Was the was the path always to get tzmikha? Um I'll, I'll answer that, but saying?
1: I just want to make sure when we say Rev Adler, I don't mean. I'm sure Revolchon Adler is. I mean, I've spoken to him actually quite a few times, especially involving my own talmud that right, I sent there. I'm talking about Dr. Norman Adler, right? Okay, who is no longer living. But I just wanted to make that clear. But in terms of, I was a weird kid. Okay, like you know, I I reveled in speaking about Aristotelian and Platonic philosophy with with friends. Um, I was also a complete nerd. That's something else entirely. But like, I really, I liked tackling thought, thinking, critically was interesting to me. If I cared about the topic, if I didn't care about the topic, then like, forget it. Like, um, you don't have five seconds of my time. Just, I just couldn't focus. Um, so I knew when I went to university that I really wanted to advance that. So I, but I was stuck between a rock and the three hard places, which was philosophy, right? Which I was, I mean, like I was, you know, and, and, and just, I could go on this forever, but philosophy, which completely captivated my attention biology, which I thought was just insanely complex, but insanely fulfilling. The fulfilling is not gratifying. Um, just studying it. I thought it was so fascinating. Um, and then, and then there was psychology, which I thought was the, the, that was, that was my, like my baby, like, Oh my gosh, it was so fascinating because there's so much about the mind that a person can figure out. And, and people are so complex and it's, you know, I don't want to use the word pseudoscience, but it's not, people say it's a soft science versus a hard science, and I like that abstraction because it made it, made it not so cold, it made it somewhat warm, which made it harder in a lot of ways. Like you had a you had a really zero in on a on a lot of stuff. Um people's movements, thought patterns, history, um neurochemical balances in the brain. All of these things go into what a person's consciousness is, which is different than their soul, which we can also talk about at a different time. But um Rabbinics was not was not the plan. Like Got I it. I was gonna be that, you know, that yid that I do my dafiomi and maybe a little here in there, and if you told me that Schn is really a den and not Nagatova, then you know I do that too um but you know I'd cry on your kipper, but that's like pretty much it, but then I just got lost I got lost in a Kosh Baruchum's arms, and I never left
0: wow so it's it's been's it's been quite a journey, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and so.
1: Can I just tell you something really cool about Please. this journey? So when I met my wife, I wasn't this way yet. <laughs> you oh, know, she no. thought she was marrying like this, <laughs> like, oh, he's going to be like, you know, some doctor, researcher, or, you know, clinical therapist and, you know, and it was a big shift when I decided I wanted to do colo. But my wife was like super supportive, um, a little nervous at first, but I remember we were just like, well, let's try one year of colo and let's see how that, that works out.
0: It's never one year.
1: Well, we're still on that year, <laughs> and it's been a i got to tell you.
0: Wow, beautiful. And, yeah, that's, that sounds like a big shift. Nirv Adler, Norman Adler. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Dr. Norman Adler helped you with that. Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned philosophy. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to do- double-click on, on philosophy. Sure. Now, Rabbi Nachman, particularly, uh, that's, that's where I know this from, and Sihus Ron hey. He's kind of rails against philosophy and uh-huh. the study of philosophy, and says that there's not chachma gomor there. There's not like there's a little bit of truth there, but not not fully. Uh-huh. And he says it opens a person to doubts and it's dangerous. So stick to stick to Torah, where there's true full MS. Uh-huh. And um, yet there's lots of even learning philosophy, and and, and you were learning philosophy, so was there. So first of all, what what do you think are the dangers and the benefits? Uh philosophy and and is there like a middle ground somewhere where so it, it's hard for me to say for everyone but the dangers are
1: certainly there like I'm not sure I'd recommend this to other people especially when you know if you're reading people like David Hume who I read a bit and, and that, like certain very anti seem to be anti-religious like suppositions so I, I take the Dessler approach um Desler said that philosophy works in the following way don't ask questions if you're super comfortable in your yiddish and you feel very grounded and you could be mamic with hashkafa and all these other things that are there at your disposal but if you need to investigate in another way investigate because if you don't you'll either stagnate which is not really possible because i think all stagnation eventually leads to rot right so I think that philosophy can be very helpful when there's a need for a certain sort of expansion. But it it's it's a phoenix. It's a resurrection in a way. Like when a person studies philosophy, something is dying and is gonna be reborn. So the question is, is what's gonna die? You know, is is your heart and a hundred percent, you know, faith in a baruch Hu the thing that's gonna die? If so, why would you do that? <laughs> it sounds so right. stupid, but you know, if you're if you're trying to learn more about what it means to be a yid, you don't know what it is, you have doubts, you know. I, I think it's very helpful, and there's a lot of of helpful stuff also. Like, you see, I, I think philosophy opens up one to a a type of thinking that is very helpful when thinking about the existential um, existence of of God, not that we can fully grasp it. But I think it really helps one ponder over certain points that they wouldn't if they would not have, you know, studied philosophy. I'll give you a small, just, it's a cue point, but it's just an expression of questions that people don't ask themselves. So discussion about hard statistics, about is the sun going to come up tomorrow? So people don't think if the sun is going to come up tomorrow. So the question is, is, okay, do we compare it to all of the days that the Earth has ever been around and then compare that to the amount of times the sun has come up tomorrow and so therefore it's some crazy high number statistical right that it's going to come up tomorrow or do we say that well the world is going to exist for infinity and you just have an insanely small like sample size so you really have no data so it's really 50 50. see like this is just like why why would you think that but then on the other hand it's like well if the world is going to exist for argument's sake for another 60 trillion years so the fact that for the almost last 6,000 years we like we have almost no data so why would you assume the sun is going to come up tomorrow? are you stupid it's all of a sudden like okay like that's a new it's a small point but like imagine like a thousand things like that it really helps you approach the world differently um, so I'd be very cautious in going into philosophy and I would stay away from the people that were f- you know famously atheists um, or infamously but but if you have to do it then do it. Preferably do it with someone who, like, with a rav, like people who are somewhat familiar with philosophy. Like, um, I won't say the name here, but I I definitely know of a yeshiva um, that people ask questions that were very philosophically based, and they're just looking for questions, you know, in regards to their muna. And I overheard one of the rabbis not in the sushiva, but one of the rabbis saying, that's a heretical question, that's kashira. I mean, don't ask those questions. Like, you know, and it was, well, you know, it's, it's Yeshiva, like, everyone probably sort of. And I th- and I thought that was really just such a stupid answer. I mean, that's asinine. Why is the Gemara so darn long? Because people ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. Why is there so many we shown him? How come you go down to the base marriage and there's, like, a trillion books? It's not like, the Gemara hasn't changed. The Torah right. didn't add him. Yeah, it's like because there's so many points to be made and a lot of questions to be asked, and you'll get to the truth. But sometimes it's a journey. You gotta stick in that rocket ship.
0: Right. If someone has very basic questions and they're not connected to a Rebbe, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, what's a good contemporary safer? Let's say they can uh, they can explore safer or
1: English.
0: or philosophical work uh, from from a Jewish person, preferably uh, a posh yet.
1: Sure, a posh yet. So, um. I, let's see. Well, Kuzari has the best proof for God's existence and, and um, the Yiddish way being the way. I mean, it's a rock solid proof. <laughs> um, I had someone recently try to argue me against the proof. Do you know the Kuzari proof? The Kuzari proof in a nutshell basically says, you know, the, someone tells you that they just spoke to God yesterday. Okay, how easy was, was it for them to make that lie? Pretty darn easy. Okay. So probability of them telling the truth, it's 50-50, but like, you know, you doubt it, okay? Then, let's say two people right. have have this lie. Okay, well, it goes up on credibility a bit, but it's harder. It, but the reason why is because it's harder. It's harder to keep that lie because if you ask both people about the event, they have to keep their story, which is why, you know, Hakira and Bezden is amazing because you have, you know, these two witnesses and you keep on slamming them with questions and if there's a lie it definitely it eventually unravels because you, you can't make up literally a trillion details like you know we're in a room now and there's a trillion details in this room you know i can't make every single one of them up i experience them right, right. um and then imagine we go from two people to a thousand people to Fifty thousand people. I don't think there's a religion, and if there is, I'd love for someone to chat and tell me where there's been a uh, a, a people that have said that they've experienced God that was more on a you know five thousand person basis, except for Judaism, which has six hundred thousand plus people.
0: Right.
1: Everyone saw the same lie, right? Which is insane. I mean, that means six hundred thousand plus people corroborated like the, all the exact same story, and not only that, the Torah tells you. Go ask your father. He was there. He'll tell you what happened, which is the dumbest thing to do if you're a lie. Right. Right? Because imagine when the Torah came out, it was a lie. Right? Okay. So you got the Torah and the, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is Egypt and, and plagues and the water and like the spirit of God and the Torah on a mountain. And I could see thunder and, and you know, wow, that's crazy. Hey, Abba, did that happen? Hell no. (laughs) You know, no. So you know what the answer was? Like, yes, yes, son, I was there. Right. So that, so someone recently was like, oh yeah, you know what happened? I'll tell you what's more likely. Everyone found scorpions in the desert. And apparently like you can extract scorpion, like DMT from like scorpions. I don't know whatever he was talking about. And he's like, everyone took it at the same time and had the same trip. Right. I said, You're nuts. You know, you can't prove anything 100%, because then, you know, everyone would buy that book to 100% prove God, and there'd be no bechira because you'd already know what the truth is. But, like, you can get darn close. So, Kuzari is fantastic, but Permission to Believe and Permission to Receive, I perused a little bit, and I was pleased with it. It wasn't necessary, like, for me, but Permission to Believe and Permission to Receive, I think people should read and Kuzari. I think those are fantastic places, if you're a cold thinker, that, um, that... Those are great starts. But Kuzari takes a bit, so be patient. But it's yeah, worth every, it.
0: The whole journey takes takes a bit of time. Yes, so it does. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. So that was that was philosophy. And then eventually you decided to switch to Smicha. Mm-hmm. And you learned in Ertisrael, right, in Gross And you received Smicha from Wayu. I received Smicha from
1: Wayu. Goldberg, and um, trying to finish up the rabbinut now. So that's exciting.
0: So three of them, the triple the triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess you would say you spend a lot of time learning halacha. I try. Try. Well, to be a posik, you know, you have to know a little bit. Yeah. So uh, so halacha for me, and I'm sure other pashtiyi didn't have this have this quandary that you know if I'm a, if I'm a Tesh, I'm, I'm learning chasidus or you know if my rabbi Ian, yin let's say is like a, a good. Gitzvah, a good explanation of the Gemara. Uh-huh. There's like a certain gishma, a certain feeling, a certain connectivity. Um, yet, for some reason, like, Limud halacha, like, getting into, like, the nitty-gritty details of just do this, don't do that, and, like, this many t'fachim, and mm-hmm. and there's just so much, uh, so many details, and the base you say of quotes, like, 15 opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, people seem to get, as they say, lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to... Find Hashem in that in that limud. Um, why do you why do you think people, um, especially me, have that uh, have that block?
1: Well, I, I think it's because you're a yid, and every yid is like beautiful and special and precious, and everyone has their derech. So you know, my derech, I I I love so I I learned in the mirror under Rav Sharieli, and I noticed like later in the year. I mean that year was oh, amazing. I was shavving so much in that year. But I kind of got bored near the end of the year, and so I spoke to the mashgiach of the Mirvaren Chalosh, That's all, and um, he looked at me and he, and he, I'll translate. He says, "It's dry. That's why." I was like, "What do you mean it's dry?" Everyone else in the chair seems to be. It's like, "No, no, no. For you, it's getting dry." And and he was right. Learning Gemara Buian <laughs> for me, like it's not, it's fun, you know. There's a connection, but I feel like a crazy Kashmak when I learn halacha. Like I'm addicted an addiction. Okay, so you don't. Okay, guess what? I haven't khasedus before. Nothing. <laughs> 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 Nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's my... not possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's you know, my one of my Move Hawkam or Weiss. He's, he's he's a chassid. okay? So, you know, but, so I don't mind saying this publicly, like it's just it's just not my thing. Maybe I need a little bit more exposure. Right. You know, um I have been dipping into Kabbalah a bit, but it doesn't feel the same for khasedus. Um but like, you know, I'll get to your point specifically in a second. But so my my wife's grandfather, he he's an amazing person, and he's this 110. percent. I remember once when I was newly married, he sat me down to learn a Torah or, which apparently is quite complex, and he told me to go through this whole piece, which I did, and it, it took me a while, and then he asked me to say it back, and I said, well, okay, I, you know, it's this, that, and the other thing, da, 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 da. and he's like, he was he was a little bit dumbfounded. He was like, wow, that is exactly it. That's, how do you feel? I said, I have no idea what I just said. I told him quite honestly. So, like, it speaks differently to different people. So, you are people that get, uh, this is a new phrase for me, so I just learned it, lost in the sauce. So, it, it's because that that speaks to you a little bit less, you know. You can read a Rav Nachman and get a gishmak out of it. Part of me is very jealous of that. I have a kin for that. Good for you. Like, you know, it speaks to you. That's what your nefesh that's where your nefesh is drawn. That's a beautiful thing. I could be very psychological about it and be like, well, you like abstractions more than I do. You know, I'm a little bit, I'm a lot more of a cold thinker than you are. But number one, that might not be true. And number two, I don't really think that's it. I think what it's, it's, it's more basic. I think it's the issue of a person on, on a spiritual level. I think a psychological level also, but I think that there's definitely a ruhani component there um and and that's beautiful now then the question could be okay so then what's a person supposed to do about that so should they force themselves to like learn halacha and and i think yes no meaning that no you should not be literally killing yourself to be learning halacha nine hour you know seder a day right but a person should have a a relationship with all of Torah, and i think that that's very important so he should definitely be learning halacha even p'in maybe not five hours maybe half an hour But you should have a chilek in every part of Torah. And I'll tell you, at least my personal experience, but I feel like this is standard for everyone. The older you get and the more you really have an intimate connection with Torah, things just start to open up to you. There are things that speak to me now that didn't speak to me before. And I mean like in a very, very serious, deep, intimate way in Torah. And and so I would definitely suggest that to everyone. So if you're lost in the sauce, don't kill yourself, but maybe taste a little sauce here and there.
0: that's a good it's a good way to put it um you said it, right as you learn more things start to open up mm-hmm. like rift cook specifically speaks about how like i mean i don't I don't really know what he means because I, I haven't experienced this yet but um like how we like you learn a lot a lot of details and eventually you start seeing broad concepts and oh yeah and, and kind of all of torah coalesces into into one broad prin- principle can you speak to maybe what what that what that means
1: a little bit, trying to figure out the best way to say it. Two things happen to you when you really commit yourself to Kosh and learning. I think this is a standard. Number one, you learn how to learn. So I'd say there's three points, not two. You learn how to learn. When you learn how to learn, and this is why people, by the way, in in yeshiva, people ask me this all the time every year. Why is it like, Gemara, 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 Gemara? I mean, where's my Tanakh? Where's my gonim? Like, you know, like if you want to get exotic, like you know, it doesn't have to be just Nach. So and, and you know, where's Madrashim? You know, where's where's halacha? And the answer to this is is that if you won't know how to learn like Mishaburu well, good for you. No one, well, good for you. gonim, good for you. But you're not gonna you'll never be able to crack open a Gemara unless you know how to learn Gemara being well. See, it's that's the key to pretty much all other Torah learning. Because it just it advances your mind a ridiculous amount. It takes a long time, but so in learning, the more you learn, the more you're used to breaking your 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 view of existence and seeing everything on like infinite dimensional planes. So that it helps you understand the world. And then all of a sudden, like you start seeing connections that you have never made otherwise. Then the second point is encyclopedic knowledge. Like you just keep learning, and guess what? Like it's no surprise, but you actually no thanks right, right. That, that's the key to being a Tamachachim the name of the where I say this but it's like it's so Pasha right If the bracha or the way to be a Tamachachim is to sit and learn that's how you do it okay so you know you sit and you shock, learn shocking. right shock <laughs> so you know you sit and you learn and then there's this ex- the expansion because of all of these sham that you see and so all of a sudden like you're making a Devar Torah and, and up from around you rise up 50 Makoros and you're like oh yeah I know these okay they're somewhat related, and then I just connect them together, right? And I think everyone could do it. And then there's the third thing, which is I think a Kodesh starts talking to you. And I don't mean this on the level of nevius, but, like, there are some times in learning. For me, it's taken years and years. But for other people, I'm sure they have it much quicker. But, like, I'll be sitting down, and my Chavrusah will ask me a a Hard, Kasha. And I'll get a shaila on the phone. Difficult, difficult, shaila, And just, like, I won't even think about it have the answer and it's so complicated the answer it's amazing it involves like 10 gemaras and 15 rishon and 20 achronim and 3 shulchan and then 4 shuvas and, and like I, and, and, and then like a, a whole einfall in the mahalach and he didn't think about it for 5 milliseconds so it just came to me what is that yeah that's what course Baruch was saying well if, if you're close to me I'm close to you so that also happens so all of those things is I think what Rav Kook is talking about in a doma, you'll learn Boba Kama this year You learn Boba Kama again In 10 years If you're still like Pushing and learning It's a different Masechda It's not the same Masechda at all It's a trillion times deeper And it's exponential It gets like Every year you gain An exponential amount So So that's the Gala Sotora it Just expands like crazy That's what Rav means I think
0: Wow So that's Yeah I've, I've, I've been reading it And I get, I think that really uh, Put it into A little more practical so great we're, we're still we're still trying to get there
1: yeah um, you we'll get there we yeah, all will i'm uh, still trying to get there i'm just i have the littlest taste i'm at the tip of the iceberg
0: Right. right i'm in and so while well, i have everybody sitting here so and and you're well versed in philosophy and so. uh and you're very relatable um
1: <laughs> <laughs> i wish <laughs> so
0: uh inside joke inside joke yeah so there's a there's a new sort of horizon people are talking about that's that's coming to Mankind called oh. AI, right, artificial intelligence, uh-huh. and it brings to the question: these machines, these programs, will will learn how to. They they're already responding to. They can have conversations. They can code more code themselves, uh-huh. um, and it brings to the question: it r- brings to the question, what makes us human, and particularly for Jews, what like, you know, we believe we have a neshama, but these these machines. Uh, I don't know, eventually they'll, they'll be able to know more Torah than anybody. Like, you can just download Ultra Chachma and it'll spit back any question you, you want. Um, so, can you speak a little bit to that? Um, yeah,
1: for sure. Th- this is a, a beautiful question. And I thought about this a lot. And I gave him Clarity actually on a boat in the middle of Venice about a month ago. This is what I think about when i'm like on vacation um go to Venice it's for, go to uh, Venice, everyone should go to Venice. <laughs> it was fantastic and it, it it was it was fascinating because as I was thinking about this is is you know there was a a couple sitting across from me. I had no idea that they were jewish I'm a very extroverted person by nature. I just can't be when I'm in the yeshiva setting because i' just I'm learning answering questions you know ko or whatever so it was my one day vacation I had during uh during Hanukkah break and um um and this this person was just taking pictures of me, probably because my coupon sets us out. And so, I just looked in her camera as she was kept on taking pictures of me. And she realized <laughs> I was taking a picture. Um, and she was like super, super nice, super nice lady. Um, she's an artist. Her artist, uh, her art was fantastic. And then, um, the the her partner was was, was with her, and it turns out that that he was Jewish, and we started having a conversation about. Um, exactly this where does the consciousness start or end and where does the neshama start or end and we had a beautiful conversation anything from that i was able to think about it even more and concretize the mahalach um i don't know for sure the answer to this question but this is the current answer that i possess now
0: (laughs) we'll do a part two
1: Okay, we could totally do a part two. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be honored. I'd love to come back. This is great. I think what you're doing for cholesterol is like fantastic, really. But I think that consciousness is basically a bunch of neurons firing in a particular pattern with a certain level of neurotransmitter balancing your brain. And I think eventually we'll be able to get this down to so much of the science that we'll be able to replicate this even on a biological scale. So not just like a chip i think we'll probably eventually one day be able to build brains and Sheesh. and those brains will be amazing will be living breathing human beings okay but i i i think that there's something that's very individual about a person which is the way that they look at something and i'm not sure i'm not convinced yet I'm speaking very much as a philosopher here and not not a biologist but um the way that they approach life, their cook and you know their outlook how how they how they look at something it's very individual and it's it's really not exactly the same I think that's what makes people so individual when you when you meet someone and you know them well, you know that they're not like anyone else and it's not just because they're like you that wear like the coolest shirts or as the coolest person ever which everyone knows you are by the way right but it's everyone every <laughs> everyone has their everyone has their individuality. It's like their signature, a signature approach. I know this is somewhat abstract, but we're speaking about very abstract concepts. This, I don't think you'll be able to replicate. So I think that a computer, I think you'll be able to, I think you could probably trick me now chatting or having a conversation with something. And I will think that it's a computer. I mean, a person, excuse me. I will, I will a hundred percent, I think, believe that, but I think that when it comes to Nishama, that you won't be able to trick me. So, if I was talking to this living, breathing, you know, artificial brain, I think eventually I would say that, no, this, this, this is a thing. This is not, this is not a human being. I think you would be able to tell. And I think there's a reason why we can't measure that. Um... I know that if any of my friends are going to listen to this, they're automatically going to jump on me and be like, well, what is that phenomenon? Because obviously it's going to be manifest in the brain as it's going to, uh, certain patterns are going to appear in the brain and those are going to be influenced by neurochemical transmitters. I'm sure everyone's going to ask that question, but Alpha P came. I think there's something about outlook that's very specific and you won't be able to fully predict. And in a billion years from now, we still won't be able to fully understand. And in there, the nefesh lies. But that's only where the nefesh ends and gets blurred with consciousness. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on beyond that, but I don't know what that is. You know, I can bring up Shahim and say what it spiritually spiritually does, but in terms of seeing that nine, I don't know. But I think that's what where that line is. Was that somewhat clear?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, this will be developing, I'm sure, and in part two, sure. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what the we'll see what the update is. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've covered two very intense topics. Uh, philosophy, halacha, and uh, and then AI, which is that was more of a philosophical question. So mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. Let's let's go back to the more more personal. Um, By the next time you have me on, we
1: gotta talk about Psak and AI, because I've been getting that a lot. Can you ask AI Pesach halacha?
0: So interesting. So Reb uh, Briderowitz was here, and someone asked him that question. Oh, beautiful! What did he say? Q and A. He said he he gave it the same din as a as a bosco from Shemayim that. You're allowed to listen to the Bosco and you're allowed to... Um, but you can't You can't possibly based off the Bosco, but you can you can hear what it says and, and then use your own human intellect to determine whether it's Did he good psaac or not. Did he say why? No, I
1: mean, I, I hear... I mean, that's beautiful. Barbara, by the way, Ray Woods is a genius, and he actually has... We're very, very close with him. My, my mother is very close with him. But uh, an AI loses something which is... Der- the AI doesn't know their hapsak, and you can't write it down or teach it. You have to be human. You actually have to be human. You have to understand what Chasatrak means. You have to see the physical twitch in the person when he asks the question, where he hesitates to tell you what the question is about. I mean, the whole nine yards. You'll lose that even if you have a robot or an AI or an Android or whatever it may be. But with a ruff you won't if he's a competent ruff which is a whole different conversation, right? Um okay you didn't ask me that but like i could talk for a long time about that but okay go ahead i'm sorry
0: i'm derailing all, all good all good no it's also a very important question all right part two sure. part two um so let's 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 talk a little bit about mm-hmm. about you um what was the most memorable moment of your life besides for getting married that was
1: good because i was about to say I, getting I know.
0: married. that's why i said not getting for the married.
1: record it was getting married but even if it wasn't i wouldn't be allowed to say that it was something else <laughs> i would have just said getting married Um, the most memorable moment in my life. Wow. Um, my children being born. Definitely my children being born. Because, I know some people think I'm a sucker for saying this, actually, because it's so cliche. But the world stops and breaks and builds itself back together all in those moments. And, um... I remember almost every detail about those moments, so, so definitely that. But also, it's like it's a message. It's like a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, "Yeah, I trust you. Yeah, you're Zoha. So, do a good job. Wow. And and bringing a nefesh into this world is like a huge responsibility. And you have to make sure that they, they're good people, and they love a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You know, they're Ove Hashem, Yireh Hashem, Ove Hashem. All of those things. That's a big responsibility. But Hashem says, "Go for it," and and that's 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 and that's a, outside of the fact that oh my gosh, there's a this person there's there's like five people in the room and now they're six, and you know, like there's a whole there's a whole that and then the and you look at the child and the child is you, it's not it's not another kid that you're trying to take care of and cultivate. It's it, that child is you. You live through your children, and and what and the whole thing you're trying to do in life is my 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 son, my daughter, they must be better than me. I want them to be better than me. I want them to be more full. Like, so that's definitely those moments. Very, very Mm -hmm. eye opening and changing. Changed my life. Also made me more serious about life. Like I say, okay, you know, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm I'm responsible for my own nefesh. You know, people that ask me questions, but no, I'm responsible for this nefesh too. You know, that's a big deal.
0: No, I'm not, I'm not at that stage yet, Mm -hmm. but, uh, what advice? By the
1: way, you are. Yeah, you know, people that you know you you should start preparing to be a father right now. During Shwana Asra you should say, I I Kuroshbrahu, please help me see the light. That could be a very, very good husband, a very, very good father. Like these are very important things. You should start you should have started Davening when you were thirteen, twelve, eleven, nine, eight, seven, four in the whole nine yards. Um but on a practical way that's not fila, which is very practical, but like on a on a more um outside of Davening, Dalamas. One perky of us really well. And what I mean by that is be very conscious of every Mishnah. Write notes on the side. I really don't mean this as a cliche at all. Perky of us is, it's the ethos of our entire society. The one society that's like Emma's. So, like, get that down. Get it right. It's the whole ethical skeleton and backbone of the entire society. And Christians try to run off with it and, like, you know, change the world somewhat for the better. Somewhat. Yeah like okay yes they're crazy murderers like they've murdered tons of people and whatever but i guess everyone makes mistakes but but the point is is that you know there's there's judeo christian beliefs this what is that that's just like okay let's take the torah and like warp it and we'll sell that to people and yeah some of that stuff works because there's a little bit of truth in there could still from us but the point is is like that that truth like you got to really live it it's real be a good person you have a problem with anger okay so make a 1% change every week in your anger Okay, let's say you, you curse someone out every day, five times because you get upset that easily. Make it four times today. You know you look at something you're not supposed to look at. Okay, do it once Like make incremental pushes to make yourself a better person in every single area that you can. Do that now. Like why do you why do you have to start waiting? You know till when you have kids. I know you're not saying that, but why do you have to start waiting till when you have kids? Be that amazing person today. Don't Rubenio says don't say tomorrow. Today, start today, making not huge changes because then they very often will not happen. But incremental, serious changes are the way to go. Consistency, make it count.
0: All right. Josh Shapiro was on was was on the was the last guest, mm-hmm. and he uh, he mentioned how Perkyevos was the first like Jewish book he ever ever uh, ever touched mm-hmm. and learned, and he said because he went to public school and like that. It's like, whoa, there's like values and a whole set and the whole system of uh, morals that and that was like oh, eye-opening for him. So, um, right. also you get focused on Pirkei a lot. And, uh, okay, I heard, I heard a Maisa about you and of Usher Weiss in oh, a boy. car and there's some sort of conversation and then you ended up learning Becharusa with him and wrote a Safer with him. Oh boy. Yeah, Can you can maybe you fill in some of the details?
1: Sure. Um, I think it's a great story because everyone should emulate what I did. Um, Sheesh. It's a, so re- it's, a... <laughs> it's, it's a really good idea. Um, it goes back to a book that I read. Actually, no, it doesn't. I saw it in a book later and I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. I wasn't sure 100% what I was doing, I think. But oh, I digress. Basically, I really wanted to get close to the Godolim. And I was like, well, how in the world am I supposed to do that? I I already you know, I was by Reb Chaim. I was able to have Ychidas with him, which was fantastic. You know, and then I spoke to this gold. That gold was like, but how do I get close to them? So they say, Oh, okay, I'll go ask them for a chavrusa," Right, because that's gonna work. So I did that and the answer was no. Okay. Then I thought, wait a second. I'm going about this all wrong. Gdolum spend their entire lives doing stuff for us. What if we did something for them? So There are a few Godolim that I did this with, but you asked me about Rav Weiss. So, it's funny. The Safer that I was writing with Rav Weiss, I I got sick years ago, so I was never able to complete it. I still have 100-some pages, though. Um, And I hope one day to somehow get time, although now I'm insanely busy, but to complete it. It's very good, though, by the way.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm sure.
1: But uh, all all his stuff, I assure you. Um, But the notes aren't that bad either. But in any event, um, the... I, I I started getting close with him by going to his well, actually I had a discussion with him in Learning once for something that I was doing where a lot of other Gadulum were involved, like Griffizier Orbach and a whole bunch of other um very, 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 very big big name Gadolum. And I came to him for his opinion and we had a very serious conversation and I think he liked me. Like I think he enjoyed the conversation. And so then I pushed and I said, okay, I want a Kesher with you. How are we going to do that? He says, well, it's impossible. I've got a Kesher with me. I've heard that before, though. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be the one that beat the impossible. So how is that going to happen? So he chuckled a little bit. He's like, okay, come to this year, come to that year, whatever. So I came to Fushi and I just, everyone was crowding around him. And I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. Um, he was getting in the car and I was like, can I hop in the car with you? He was like, yeah, sure. So it's just me, Russell Weiss and his driver. I'm Hawkingham and Learning. Okay. Where's he going? I'm, he said, Well, I need to drop you off somewhere. Like, no, you drop me off wherever. I'll walk home. See so flung me all around Yushalayim. I got to see Rosham coins, that's all. I gotta see him at a random wedding that he was inv- I would just like go. Sometimes we'd meet Gadolim, sometimes we wouldn't, but I would be like his gabby for like about a month, two months. That was great. And um eventually I you know, we were sitting in the car and I said, You know, Ravasher, I, I need to share with you something. He's like, Yes. And we already have some, somewhat of a repertoire now, so I said, "I'm learning Hilchasnida. He goes, "Yes." He's like, "You know, and there's no Shi'uri Hilchasnida on Nida." I'm like, "How strange!" He's like, hey, "And there's a sounds, I'm like, "You know, but there's a of Alevi in Nida, and there's a Nisan Alten in Hilchus Nida. Those, those are beautiful It would be great if if we could get Halachal from I don't know." Someone like Ravasha Weiss. He said, hey, wait a second. I have an idea. I said, I think that you're really busy. And you're writing tons of sform and answering tons of shalas and doing your own learning somehow. I don't know how he does that, by the way. He's a gon. But if you had someone to write this paper for you, then that'd be really helpful. Wait a minute. You and I can have a chavrusha shop. I didn't actually mean, I said chavrusha but I didn't, like, he knew I didn't mean actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would learn with you and I'll just write up all the amazing things you'll say. I'll ask you and I'll, you know, and we'll go through the circus. And I said, and you know what? I know just the person to do it. I, you know, I said me already. He's like, I'm for sure the guy to do it. I pulled out from my bag. He wrote me uh, basically a haskama. And, and then he said nice things about me. So I said, "This rabbi is really into me. You should see what he says." And he's like, "Oh, I know this rabbi. I trust him. You know, with, he had his seal on the bottom of it. He enjoyed it, and um, he was sitting there in the car for a second, and he was just thinking. And he looked at me. And he said I remember a deep voice, totally quiet for a good 10-15 seconds in the car. You're crazy. I love it. Let's do it.' You know, and uh, and from there, you know, grew a, a, a really beautiful relationship. I'm very close to Rebbe." and um, you know the call goes by him every once in a while to get you know halacha from him and, and Shemesh as well which is really important he taught me a lot about Deir Chapsach I got Shemesh from a few Rabbanim but um, obviously Shemesh from, from a, a Gadol like that it's a very different feeling especially seeing him just just watching him like sometimes we'll, you know we'll be learning a again and you get a call about someone that they're they're deciding whether they're they're going to take life support off for their three-month-old baby who's just crying in absolute pain. Cause it's Just to see him, he can answer the Shiloh in 10 seconds. But no, he'll take half an hour of just tremendous sensitivity to the answer of Shiloh. That's just one example. So it's that, it's that outward look of being sensitive, of letting the Torah live within you and flow outwards instead of just like shooting it off. A controlled response to the world at large to quote the Mishnah novels um so that's that story
0: well wow. okay that'll that'll go in the Godel book um <laughs> it should go in the Gu book he 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 deserves
1: fifty gudel books I mean you know I say this and i and I hope people don't think it's an insult because I mean this as a compliment because he's a go Ma I mean his Shurim, his Ksavim, but like to me, his godless, it's in his learning, but he's an even bigger goddel when it comes to his Sidkh. Like right. of of his of him being a real chassid, you know what I mean? Like, like I think he's even bigger in that regard. So you know him how big he is in Torah. He's even bigger wow. when it comes to that.
0: So, so it's, a, it's just a privilege to
1: yeah I I, I, I I, don't I... and then also I got this with Rav Nemensal as well you know I was able to also speak to her of Israel a, a, a bit and, and, and uh, Rav Shechter when I was in NYU so they're all very different people but you know this right. this sort of stuff was, was big okay yeah. wow so... bother and everyone you gotta bother Gadolim when I went to go I had I was tested like I think six or seven times or something by Razam and Goldbergs Goldberg that's all you know you could take your t- his test which I did and then just give it to him, and then he'll give you smicha. Or it could be like, I want you to test me. And he'll look at you, like, you have a death wish? Like, you know? And I'm like, no, I really want you to, I really want you to, like, just bother them. But, like, bother them in the way that, like, they get a geschmack out of it. Do something for them. Or, like, say something that will get them interested. You know? They're, they're people, too. And, and when you do that, then, you know, they're, they're the most wonderful people. You know, they'll give back. And, you know... Right. They're they're just fantastic, and don't be afraid of them. When I went up to Ravitzchak Zilberstein, you know, it was like right after Nate's, and 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 I said I have a question for the Rav, and he said, yeah, I remember he's like Shalomidi, Echani Echaniyachalazor, just like like with the brightest smile on his face. These are gadol. Don't be afraid of them. They might look serious. That's only because they're thinking. I have a beard. Yes.
0: Right. That's 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 awesome advice. All right. Hopefully, hopefully, me and everyone else listening can follow. Go for it. Can, uh, can and do not take no practice. for an
1: answer. When they say no, it's be like, okay, so I'll find another angle.
0: Right. Go for the kill. Amen. Amen. So we covered a lot. A lot of deep in Yonim, and Alright, hopefully if people are having questions in philosophy, they'll you know, have the have the ability to ask and, and find places to go and and in Halacha, whether you connected to it or not fully, so they'll uh, will be inspired to to learn more Halacha. Um mm-hmm. and also how to connect to Ghidolin and being a father, so many so many beautiful things we spoke about. Halacha and philosophy questions are the best because I do get questions very often. And it, it's so good,
1: at least for me, because it keeps me on my toes. Like, people are asking, like, random questions out of, like, nowhere, whether it be philosophical or, you know, it be Der Halimud or, you know, and being halakha. Like, it's it's a good push. It's a good push. But you got to know when to to say, and this is one of the keys to becoming a posek is I have no idea. <laughs> you know, <something, laughs> right. sometimes we're just like, I have no clue. I have to look that up. I have not even the slightest idea.
0: Even Rashi says, uh, I don't know.
1: But but when he says that, it's scary. When I say that, it's because I don't know anything. Right. (laughs) But yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So again, thank you so much. I I have one more question. Sure. Um, If Elon Musk came right now and said, I'm sending you up to the moon in a SpaceX rocket ship, you could bring one safer. What safer are you bringing?
1: Well, number one, I would say I'm not going. (laughs) But but if I had to go up to the moon I had to
0: Contemporary move. Safer. Contemporary Safer. What I'll is it,
1: like like it has to be like I don't read a chronem.
0: Like not the Gemara, you know it's like not oh, a shas. Oh man, you that's can't pick a Shots. I can't it's too heavy. Can
1: it go No it's not. You can get them like you can get a shas this big. Can I can't bring Shokamarch either? No. Oh my, that's rough. Um hmm. Definitely Masil Sisharm. I'd be, it'd be close between Maseel Susharim and Chovas Al-Tamidim. Only one. Yeah, so I, I'd say Maseel Susharim because Chovas Al-Tamidim, I think gives you bigger punch. But, but Maseel is what's going to get you to Nevius.
0: Okay. Amen. Amen, amen. So thank you so much, Rabbi.
1: Of course, Alicia. And I'm uh, such a schus to be here.
0: This is a great time.
1: We've got to do this again sometime.
0: Amen. Amen, amen. So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Hope you um, will we'll take the, the lessons to heart. And uh, jump on a rocket ship. Let's do it. Not SpaceX. Your own rocket ship. <laughs> and...
1: I'm going to bring all this farm I
0: want. <laughs> exactly. And get, get to the moon. No farther than the moon. Infinite. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Sure.